challenge for India is, you know, how much of the underlying infrastructure, building blocks, can India have on its own? I, I mean, it's it's so funny and it's so ironical, uh, ironic that we have 800 odd million internet users. Okay, we are like I don't know the 30, 40 percent of the world when it comes to internet users, but we are so dependent on external platforms, apps, uh, infrastructure. So I, I think it's quite important as a country. And so this requires public-private partnership to inch back or to claw back some of that uh, independence. Otherwise, you know, it's a very fragile self-reliance. Hi, welcome to Forbes India's The Startup Fridays Conversation, which, as you know, is a weekly conversation with accomplished entrepreneurs, VC investors, and other folk who are doing significant work in India's startup ecosystem. You can find a new episode every Friday evening. You can also find us live on Instagram every Friday morning. I'm Hari Arakli, and my guest today is Rohan Varma. He's CEO and Executive Director at Map My India. Uh, as a 19-year-old, he built India's interactive internet mapping portal, mapmyindia.com, in 2004, when he was still an undergraduate student at Stanford University. He got his bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Stanford in 2007, where he was awarded the President's Award for Academic Excellence. He received his master's degree in business administration with distinction from London Business School in 2015, where he was awarded the Dean's List Award. Uh, he has uh, significant experience uh, as an entrepreneur uh, in the digital mapping, geospatial technologies, and automotive mobility technologies. He serves as a member of the Confederation of Indian Industrial National Committee on Space and uh, on the Internet and Mobile Association of India's Logistics Committee. He's also an independent director on the board of directors of Cholamandalam Investment and Finance Company, which is the financial services arm of the Murugappa Group. Uh, Rohan, uh, fantastic you were able to make time for this conversation. Uh, welcome. Thank you so much, Hari. Uh, it's my privilege to be here. All right. Uh, so just to get us uh, started, uh, maybe you can tell us a bit about uh, how Map My India got started. I mean, give us a sense of uh, maybe a little bit of what India was like, you know, at that time in terms of uh, our satellite imagery capabilities and, and some of the other technologies back in, I think, 1995, uh, when your parents and you started this. Yeah, so as you said, my parents started our company in the early 90s. Um, they had been in the U.S. for 12 years after having done their college in engineering from India. Um, and But in, in 1990, they wanted to return back after 12 years in the U.S. because they just wanted to do something unique for the country and they were both engineers technologists my mother had was one of the early ibm mainframe engineers and my father had been working with uh, general motors so having decided mm -hmm. they wanted to come back and start something they um, they started to look around as to you know they were in the technology services space but when they were in the us in 93 for a exhibition they saw mapping software and they fell in love with the possibilities of what that could do. And then what they thought is they'll bring that software to India and give solutions to Indian businesses. But when they came back to India after that exhibition, they found that there were no digital maps available for the country, uh, which meant that India, like the US, unlike the US or other countries, had not invested in a public mapping infrastructure. So that's when they realized that the unique opportunity for the country or for them was in building this unique digital asset of a digital map of the entire country and bringing out unlimited uh, use cases and benefits for that. So that was the genesis uh, of the company. Mm. You you were with, involved with it uh, yourself fairly early stage. And uh, as we now know, you also built the first portal for the company. Uh, Tell us a bit more about what the original idea was. I mean, you, you just said you wanted to offer a digital uh, mapping, uh, you know, a technology to uh, users in India. What was kind of the motivation behind it? I mean, what kind of applications of such a technology did you envisage back then? Yeah. 
So from 1995 to about 2004, the, our company basically built a digital map data product for the entire country. Uh, um, and they were serving enterprises. About hundreds of enterprises were using our solutions based on digital maps. In 2004, uh, I was completing my first year of undergrad. Uh, and my father basically said, look, the internet is becoming a big thing. And only 100 enterprises or a few hundred enterprises are benefiting from our digital map data product. So can we use the power of internet to take this to everybody, to democratize access and to scale up uh, usage? And so uh, he said, can you build an internet mapping platform? And that was, uh, that was my uh, start of my involvement with the company uh, that we built out mapmedia.com which on one side, you can think of it as a consumer mapping portal, the first of its kind for India. But also more than that, it was an internet mapping platform, which allows maps and geospatial technologies to be distributed and used by a wide variety of web, mobile and other uh, IoT kind of devices. So I, I think even back then, uh, we could foresee all the different applications or many of the applications that would be there for businesses, for governments, and even for consumers. And so uh, what, what's been interesting and exciting for us is, you know, having an early vision about what a technology can do, but then seeing over the course of, it's been now about 18 years. So seeing over the course of 18 years from 2004, a lot of those visions come to fruition or come true. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, so it becomes more and more real what what appeared as imaginary and what my parents were called crazy in 1995 that they said that, you know, 80% of all data would have a location component to it. And there could be so many uh, benefits of it that could accrue to, to people. Uh, so while they were called crazy then, I think cl very clearly now people know uh, and see the, the true kind of uh, dispersion or usage of maps. Your parents invested their own personal savings uh, in starting the company as well, right? And then perhaps along the way, uh, th there were a couple of important milestones, uh, probably got uh, some good investment investors and so on. Tell us a bit about that and give us a snapshot. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, af after uh, after starting our internet mapping platform, com, the kind of next big milestone for us was in 2007, where we launched our GPS navigation systems, getting into the automotive uh, uh, automotive technology domain, or automotive and mobility tech uh, domain, uh, where uh, cars uh, cars wanted to come built in with our navigation systems. So that kind of uh, gave us another fillip, another kind of inflection point. And it was around that stage where, uh, between mapandi.com and this navigation systems where we felt bringing in venture capitalists would help us kind of uh, accelerate our growth. Uh, and uh, uh, we were lucky that Kleiner Perkins, Caulfield and Byers, one of Silicon Valley's uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, best known uh, investors at that stage invested in us. Nexus Venture Partners uh, uh, invested in us. And uh, then Qualcomm Ventures uh, came into the company in about 2008. Uh, and finally, in 2011, Zenrin, which is Japan's oldest and largest company, about a 75-year-old company, uh, 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 came and invested in us. So we had this really good set of kind of um, uh, venture capitalists, strategic uh, technology uh, investors, uh, which helped set us up, let's say, for the next, you know, the next uh, phase of growth for the company. Mm. In, in the early years, uh, what were some of the most important uh, technical challenges? I mean, I would imagine you must have done many things manually and, you know, uh, so take us through some of the uh, India-specific challenges, if you will. Yeah, I mean, uh, digitally mapping India is a super complex uh, and daunting exercise. Uh, a, it's quite vast. It's about 3.3 million square kilometers. So it's um, I mean, I mean, it's many countries in one. Um, the uh, and just if you look at it in terms of the population size, what that means is the number of roads, the length of roads, the number of buildings, the number of localities is just humongous in nature. So, uh, and then the complexity and inconsistency of addressing systems, which are totally different in different uh, you know cities, or roads which. Uh, 
could be a state highway but is completely in shambles i'm telling you early days of course infrastructure uh, has gotten so much better now but uh, and and for us to digitally map all of this physic the physical world the physical indian conditions uh, without we used whatever best technology was available at any point of time i think we have been at the cutting edge of technology but remember that was a time when satellite imagery was not available when gps uh, as a technology was not uh, prevalent so uh, early 90s it was a lot of manual kind of data collection walking the fields uh, uh, walking in the field collecting the addresses one by one uh, but you know with every generation of technology we could uh, bring efficiency and bring additional features and accuracy into our map where today we are talking about kind of a, not just a two dimensional map but a three dimensional high definition uh, 360 degree essentially a 4d for, uh, uh, dynamically updating digital map twin of of the real world so uh, yes it has been very very challenging it takes a lot of time but that interestingly also becomes our competitive advantage where it's hard for others to do this and having done this for india we have a lot of know how of how to do this uh, in in other geographies if and when the need arises in the future mm. and and today you're a, a large listed company uh, tell us about uh, your flagship technologies uh, and your main line of business today and also give us a sense of the scale of operations of map my india today yeah um see we are a maps as a service software as a service and platform as a service company essentially we are a digital maps and geospatial products and platform company our core product is our map and data which is a foundational map covering 6.6 million road kilometers uh, across the country about 3 crore places uh, 8000 towns and urban areas in detail 8 lakh villages and uh, rural habitations in detail and uh, c- containing 42 crore kind of digital uh, geo referenced photographs panoramas uh, of of the real world and a map that is uh, that is suited for analytics for vr for high definition we are now collecting data through drones so three dimensional maps are there so it's a it's a pretty large uh, repository of digital map and data and on the software uh, uh, saas and pass side basically we have automotive Uh, uh uh software as a service meaning uh, what is called ncase navigation connected autonomous shared and electric uh software which basically either goes built into the vehicle that you see in your infotainment system or that is sitting in the cloud talking to the vehicle or sitting in the companion app that you have to monitor or control your uh, to uh, control your vehicle we also offer a, a iot Uh, uh fleet management or iot platform for fleets which we call intouch a geospatial analytics platform called mgis for for you know uh, data creation data uh, uh, visualization and analytics and a work uh, a, a enterprise digital transformation suite of solutions called uh, workmate to help people manage work better um and everything we build as a software or all the maps that we build we make apis available so that developers either independent developers or those working in enterprises can embed our maps and technology to build their own great innovations or solutions so yeah maps saas and pass and and what is the um, direction in which the company is evolving yeah so we divide our business into two parts automotive and mobility tech and consumer tech and enterprise digital transformation what that means is we are trying to serve the needs of automotive oems and mobility uh, companies through our maps and technologies as well as we want to serve the needs of consumers and consumer tech companies as well as enterprises mm-hmm. through again our, our, our suite of maps and technologies this actually gives us a pretty big canvas to play in going forward where we are building maps as well as these key software product and platform building blocks that serve increasingly more needs and use cases for automotive companies mobility companies consumers or consumer tech companies and enterprises 
and uh, of course india is our core geography where we have gone deep with maps but our software suite our api suite actually is uh, global in nature so what we have done our india brand is map my india but global brand is called maples where we have integrated maps of 200 other countries into our suite so that we can serve uh, uh, kind of needs of uh, 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 customers for not just india market but uh, international market so uh, uh, it's it's an it's a it's exciting to be a deep tech product and platform company we continuously innovate drones are the new big thing that we are kind of focused on um and uh, iot of course we've acquired a company uh, in that sector so that we can go deeper in a focused matter in iot uh, uh so uh, yeah so hopefully that gives you a sense of where we are going and what we are focused on uh, explain the the technology part a little bit more i mean what is at the heart of your technology uh, today uh, the so let's 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 talk about on the map side on the map side our the heart of our technology is how we build maps how do we collect data how do we process it how do we uh, uh disseminate it in different ways how do we productize it and then disseminate it in different ways our ability to collect data is like i said through drones or through vehicles through cameras through um, uh, lidar scanners as well as through our iot systems which can kind of uh, feed in data about the real world our ability to process this means that we have a lot of geospatial analytics but a lot of computer vision a lot of ai and ml that we use to extract real world objects or real world data or attributes about the real world about places about roads etc and create this kind of graph or map with information and attributes about places and then our ability to distribute it whether in an online manner offline manner through the cloud through uh, into vehicles into apps or apis or enterprise software that kind of is our mapping or geospatial platform on the automotive side this nks technology allows us to give a kind of a multi screen cockpit experience to people in a vehicle whether you're looking at your infotainment system or heads up display or instrument cluster or sitting in the rear seat you as a consumer can navigate and see the relevant information that needs to be shown on that screen uh, as well as if there's if you're looking for a ev charging station up ahead uh, or you are trying to navigate you're sitting in a ev vehicle our technology will tell you that look based on your current charge based on the route the terrain etc you will not reach your destination here's a charge station en route you can book it and reserve it right now so that you are able to get to your destination there, there there's lots of technology uh, products and uh, which may not be easy to explain in in a few minutes but these are just two examples of that mm. yeah tell us about uh, some of the most interesting emerging use cases of uh, location based uh, technologies today yeah let's say the application of drones uh i i think this uh, the government has kind of unshackled what the possibilities with uh, with drones are whether it's creating mm. digital twins of the country uh meaning that you know flying drones collecting data processing creating a 3d model or a, a terrain model which can be used for example to uh, generate uh, or give accurate and authenticated land titles to the let's say farmers or people living in rural areas or even people living in urban areas that's one interesting use case uh, around uh, drones that are uh, that are emerging on enterprises what is exciting us is infusing the power of geospatial into digital transformation so we all know digital transformation is kind of a trend where businesses are looking to digitize but for example mapend is able to offer for every kilometer by kilometer grid across the country 3.3 million square kilometers we are able to tell you 300 parameters about that kilometer grid meaning what's the population what's the affluence level what's the density of let's say educational institutes what's the road quality what's the traffic condition uh, you know based on time of day day of week 
that level of kind of micro location profiles or intelligence helps businesses make decisions as to where to do their marketing where to set up distribution uh, uh you uh, helps the government say you know where infrastructure is good or where infrastructure needs to be put in so creating a lot of efficiency and capabilities for businesses and governments uh, uh through our kind of maps and technology uh is for india at least this is an important time because as a economy we need to grow efficiently uh and make the right bets on infrastructure and expenses and expansion and and so i think mapin is well suited for the next uh, generation of growth required by enterprises through our maps our saas our apis etc and that's what kind of uh, that's exciting to us at least uh, being able to serve the needs of our customers mm. and and on the consumer front uh, give us a sense of uh, what are the ways in which they can use map my india today huge number of ways very interesting number of ways and very different uh, number of ways uh, so for example we have st- we have introduced our 360 degree real view service into our maps so sitting wherever you are if you wanted to see how the goa beach is looking or you wanted to experience how to drive around get a panorama or you wanted to see uh, you you're looking to buy a property and you wanted to kind of see how that looks like and what that area is you haven't yet visited it or you wanted to see uh, as an e-commerce company you want to deliver uh, goods to some place you want to see which floor the the flat is on or you just wanted to kind of virtually travel the world we talk about the metaverse i think mapping is 360 degree and 3d kind of maps is something that you're able to express uh, experience through our maples uh, app the the other interesting thing that we are doing is giving a digital address to every uh, place so addressing is complicated in india these are long addresses but in just six characters you can kind of type in and get exactly the location as well as other information uh, about that place so if i told you if you wanted to know my office's phone number directions everything all you'd have to do is type in mmi000 in the maples app and you'll get to know how to get exactly to our entrance point but also what our website is our phone number is so it's a digital location enabled identity and the third interesting thing that you can do with maples is Uh, which is mapness consumer product or consumer app is not just get navigation with traffic but in india you'll also be able to get safety uh, incidents like speed breakers or potholes or accident prone zones while you're navigating and and we think this is super useful or important for indian consumers because it's not just about getting some place fast it's also about getting some place uh, safely uh, and, and so Okay, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, your own entrepreneurial experience uh, over the last two decades almost. Uh, you're a, a bona fide tech product and platform company built out of India. What are some of the toughest things to do, uh, you know, based out of India, which would have been easier maybe in uh, UK or in the US? uh i i think um, not just me not just for me but i think for my parents as well because they started on this journey earlier than me uh i i think the tough part has been uh not getting uh taking a longer path towards uh, towards growth uh taking a tougher path towards growth it could have been very interesting very lucrative in fact uh, the company prior to getting into mapping the first 3 years actually it was a uh, i mean before it became a private limited company it was a par- a partnership company with between my mother and father and they were the third fastest software services growing company in the country uh, as per data quest uh, magazine in 93 94 but taking that pivot to not be a software services company which of course had a bright future in the early 90s uh, to building a a product uh especially in a country like india uh and that too not a software product but a data product i think that they knew back then that this will take them 10 15 years and there was nothing to build upon it was a complete from the ground scratch uh, from scratch uh for mm. me i i think the uh, the challenge was uh you know in the us and uk there's a whole ecosystem of kind of building blocks available 
uh, uh, that environment available where you can build upon deep tech. Whereas here, it was a function of building deep tech from scratch. And so a lot of our individual energy went into building the DNA in the company for building deep tech products and platforms. But it's something also we're very proud of, that the larger team that we have has that passion and that ability to build great products sitting in India, which can compete with global giants and also then can be taken to the rest of the world. So, uh, you know, while, while, while you see great kind of consumer tech companies built out of India, while you see very large uh, kind of IT services uh, companies built out of India. Uh, these are both sectors that we respect a lot because those companies have achieved a lot. We're kind of proud that we've also built this niche in a deep tech product and platform space, which uh, we, which hopefully now many more companies uh, will be doing. And, and now, uh, would you look at uh, expanding R&D into Silicon Valley, for example, or have you already done that? Uh, no, we have not already done that. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's one question. We genuinely believe that, uh, deep tech can be built sitting in India. Um, I, hmm. I think the, the, uh, and the, it's not for any other reason except the power of the internet to democratize knowledge and, and information or building blocks. Hmm. So, uh, somehow we, the way we think is if you can envision or imagine the future uh, and you persevere uh, enough, uh, of course, you need the right set of people with the right set of capabilities. But you, it's it's truly possible to build the future sitting anywhere, uh, frankly speaking. Mm. Um, of mm. course, there's a snowball effect that Silicon Valley benefits from. But in our own way, in our own company uh, and, and the community that we interact with, I think we've been able to build our own uh, smaller snowball effect, but we think that will hold us in good stead because, you know, we are mostly passionate about India uh, and solving problems of India first. I think we are, that's our competitive advantage. But of course, a lot of what we build, India is like there are three or four or five Indias, right? India one, two, three, four, five. And I think some of India applies to the Western market. Some of India applies to Eastern. Some of India applies to emerging markets. So, uh, it's challenging to build in India for India, but it also holds you in good stead uh, for future. Mm. And and along the way, uh, from from your college undergraduate days to uh, being CEO of a public company, uh, for you, what have been some of the biggest lessons? Biggest lessons? Oh, so many. I mean, so many. Mm. Um, I, I I didn't have the luxury of having worked in many other con- companies. I only interned at. Uh, I only interned at, at wonderful companies, Intel, Microsoft, and McKinsey. And my idea was in three months, whatever I, osmosis I can have. But always MapMedia has been my uh, kind of full-time uh, passion and uh, profession. Um, so yeah, a lot of learning on the fly. Uh, a lot of mistakes uh, that I've made. Um, uh, sometimes going too fast. Sometimes, uh, uh, and I think my biggest lesson, let's put it like that, through the many years is how to calibrate when to go fast and when to go slow uh, and and how to balance that over a piece of time. So when you see an opportunity and you have complete clarity, go fast, but also then consolidate that so that you can have the, uh, so that you can manage that, digest that, and then go on to the next uh, next uh, bigger thing. So biggest less, so many lessons of, you know, how to manage people and how to lead, uh, how to how to work with people, how to build a culture, uh, I think there are more things that I've learned uh, 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 with every year. Uh, it's a every year is a new experience, um, um, especially uh, let's say in the last three years. Uh, I, 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 the first learning experience was how to be a board member in a public listed company, which was with Chola Mandalam. Uh, that was something new. Um, how how to be the CEO when you essentially. Uh, yeah, uh, in a, in a company that is now plan, that was then as of then planning to go public. And then as a public company, kind of the preparation for the IPO and post IPO. Um, I, I think, I, I think every time, every day I'm learning new things and, and, and mm. keep, keeps you very humble. Mm. What's the biggest difference for you as, uh, 
chief executive of a public company versus leading a private company one thing for sure is uh, you know going public it's a solemn responsibility and commitment to the long term um and i think hmm. that clarity when i took on the ceo role was that look the company is 27 years old then it was 25 years old and and so are we willing to commit ourselves am i willing to commit myself for the next uh, 25 years uh, i mean or more hmm. uh, you know till whenever i'm able to work and so that's one solemn responsibility one takes uh, and and you feel the weight of it especially after you go public because there are now 2 lakh or so shareholders that we have that we owe uh, that we owe uh, returns uh, towards uh, and uh, 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 i think the other thing is just more uh, you have to communicate very well with prospective investors new investors and the public about what the company is doing what its strengths are and also what it's planning to do and i think our we've been pretty open about kind of interacting with and sharing as well as kind of seeking input from uh, the the market at large and uh, the and and then of course now uh, there is an expectation the market has for future performance which the market itself tells you and uh, uh so that's an interesting thing where the business plan is given to you by the market versus you know you making your own business plan i mean of course uh, uh of course uh, you know we do it based on what what we we believe is right for the company but uh, earlier there were just like five six investors to talk to um, uh, now of course there's a much larger uh, ecosystem hmm. was there anything that uh, you had to unlearn in going from a private company to public company ceo yeah i mean i think uh, you're much more in the spotlight and you have to be a, a lot more um, you have to grow up very quickly uh, so you have to be a lot more measured uh, uh, just in terms of um, uh, i mean yeah this is a this is big boys a serious serious business you can't be a uh you can't behave like a, a, a just a private company there's there's a, there's a significant difference in the maturity level pre public and and, uh, and post public um you have to be a lot more measured and basically you have to think through the impact of everything that you do at a much larger scale and so uh there is a lot more kind of two step three step further thinking that we do i i i actually it's been very good to be honest uh you know um uh, one year ago is exactly when we started to plan that we wanted to go public and uh, you know when you get into that mindset that you have to go public uh it uh, it really forces you to prepare a- a- and do things in a in a better way i think it's genuinely good for a company uh, to go public of course they have to have the right kind of fundamentals but uh, it 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 is really genuinely a plus plus point evolution uh in the maturity level of a company so i've enjoyed it um uh but and and we'll see how the future goes hmm. so in terms of the ecosystem you you spoke about how uh the building blocks the supporting ecosystem was missing when you were building map my india and i would uh, go so far as to say that it the situation situation is not really changed too much from that i mean if you exclude maybe some pockets like for example the saas sector uh so in your view uh, what can we do uh, to build up this ecosystem to support deep technology based companies consolidate that yeah uh see <laughs> the the way the ecosystem will change is, or evolve is when serious companies seriously build products and platforms and seriously build a serious business uh, what i mean by that is uh building blocks need to be sustainable uh and so then then other people can depend on you so why mapendia has a has a strong api business or strong oem business is because companies have seen us for 27 years continuously build innovate and expand and have a certain consistency and delivery track record so 
with mapindia you don't get shocks to the system you see a consistent compounding uh, growth not just on the business side but on the innovation and technology side so what companies were getting continues to get kind of better they can rely on you so uh, what is very heartening for me to see is actually let's let's take the example of manufacturing or techno like deep tech there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of focus from the government and now into companies to build strong manufacturing or uh, you know hard products which the country can rely on what what this atmanirbhar uh, kind of vision and direction that that we are going in uh, in maps we believe we are helping make the comp- uh, country uh, atmanirbhar and i do see a lot of very very good product companies building uh, software products and building blocks i, I think it is definitely a challenge for them uh, 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 to their credit they are building uh, uh, product companies in india getting economics right is a is a challenge in a product company because there's a gestation period so sometimes companies try to short circuit that by investing a lot on on sales and marketing trying to you know uh, to trying to um, buy growth in that some companies get it right and some companies uh, get it wrong and, and so um, you know uh, entrepreneurship at the end of the day is risk taking so you know some people will do it well it's a lot of execution but it's also sometimes a lot of luck um, uh, and so the the heartening thing for me to see is so many people looking to build uh, 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 kind of building blocks and ecosystems in india some will do it better than others uh but at the end of the day i think if you look out 3 years or 5 years from now i think as a country we can be pretty sure that uh, there's a secular growth towards creating this atmanirbhar ecosystem it's not there today as you said but in 3 to 5 years time i think will be a very different india uh you know not just leveraging our own technology uh, for ourselves but a lot of tech products will be used globally which are built in india the same way kind of it services uh kind of where india has become the hub automotive components india is becoming the hub i definitely think tech products uh india will become the hub and, and in your own industry uh, one good example of how government support can make a, a crucial difference i think last year they entirely liberalized the whole geospatial data uh, policies uh tell us a little bit about that i mean explain the significance of what that is doing yeah see that's a lot of unlocking of uh, latent potential um and kind of giving a vision and direction for the country what i mean by that is prior to that geospatial liberalization that the government announced on 15th of feb 2021 uh there were a lot of permissions and a lot of gray areas as to what could be done and what could not be done and unfortunately all of that applied to indian companies uh so whereas foreign entities were completely out of the ambit of that so having started mapindia.com a consumer internet mapping portal and app 2004 which was the first of its kind it was you know uh, earlier than even some of the global default apps for the world i mean for india we were definitely the first uh but a lot of these roadblocks and obstacles over many years uh from 2000 let's say 2004 to 2021 held us back substantially so when the government in one swoop said that look indian entities are completely liberalized from any such kind of restrictions or supposed restrictions or gray area restrictions they allowed us as a company and indigenous industry to completely uh, you know do high definition mapping 360 degree uh, real view mapping uh, uh, 3d mapping uh, which uh, and not need permissions so you could do this in real time a lot of those things used to hobble us hamper us for almost 20 years uh, a lot of our bandwidth as entrepreneurs used to go into kind of dealing with that complexity of you know it's it's really funny if you wanted to put potholes on our map uh, you know you'd need to take permission from somebody you'd need to give them a paper <laughs> map printing it so by the time you can publish it probably that pothole is gone so this people used to ask us why don't you offer real time maps and all of that we said we have it but it's such a 
I mean, as a law-abiding Indian company and, you know, kind of conservative Indian company, uh, you have to kind of uh, be, uh, you know, conservative. Uh, but, you know, that thing allowed us to kind of, you know, unlock ourselves. The other thing the, 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 the government has done is put restrictions on foreign entities, actually. And in a sense, I think it's a rebalancing of what has happened, the reverse side in 17 years, because also location data and geospatial information is strategic to the country. So a lot of it should sit in India, should sit with Indian entities, etc. So that's, let's say that's a good kind of fillip for Indian companies like ours to kind of have co- further competitive advantages. From my perspective, it's a rebalancing of what pain we had to face for 17 years. Uh, hopefully there's some uh, additional positives. But, uh, you know, I think as a company, the, the one thing that we learned, or at least my, my father says that from the beginning, we were Atmanirbhar. Fiscally very uh, disciplined, so always profitable, uh, you know, build products that can compete with the best, forget about policy, customers should get value. And in that, you know, regardless of the external market conditions, you'll build a strong business. Of course, you might grow faster or grow slower, depending on the headwinds or tailwinds, but for sure you will grow and you'll grow profitably. So that's the mantra we followed. Uh, follow. Hmm. I mean- your company is uh, amongst the rare examples of uh, people who have persevered for decades and built, uh, you know, a degree of uh, success in the products, tech products arena. And your earlier comments gives one the sense that despite all the uh, struggle, you're still optimistic about, and you said three to five years, there will be an ecosystem for Indian tech products. Uh, but if you step back and look at the whole tech product ecosystem in India and the way it's going and what is needed is there anything that really worries you see i think we we um no i don't i don't worry about the quality of indian entrepreneurs and i do not worry about the capability of indian technology innovation i i definitely think these two are amazing i have so much respect for our ecosystem um I mean, the, the, the flip side that we've seen in the past is, of course, a lot of uh, companies fueled by capital do things which may not be sustainable. I, I think that maturity level is definitely evolving now. And I, I think uh, the public market also kind of, kind of uh, you know, uh, gives a reality check uh, on that. So I think it's a very good thing. Last year was the breakout year for public going public for tech companies, right? And I think that that serves as a as kind of a mirror uh, mirror for companies not just that are public like ourselves, but also for companies that are planning to go to uh, go public. So I think that's a pretty like uh, it it'll be considered a great learning moment also for the Indian ecosystem. And so hence they will build great not just great products, which I think people are capable of, but also great businesses. The 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 uh, the challenge for India is. You know, how much of the underlying infrastructure, building blocks, can India have on its own? I mean, it's it's so funny and it's so ironical, uh, ironic that we have 800 odd million internet users. Okay, we are like, I don't know, the 30-40% of the world when it comes to internet users. But we are so dependent on external platforms, apps, uh, infrastructure. Um, uh, so... So I, I think it's quite important as a country, uh, and so this requires public-private partnership to inch back or to claw back some of that uh, independence. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, uh, otherwise, you know, it's a very fragile uh, self-reliance. So while people can sometimes make fun that you know what are we talking Atmanirbhar and all of that, but you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Mm. And, and I think this somewhere, uh, you know, some people like us may have been crazy to do this back then and without any support, maybe opposite of it. But I think now that there is support for, for, you know, this, this independence or self-reliance in the digital world as well, I think it's a clarion call to people that, you know, then double down and build. It'll be hard. It's, it's hard to build infrastructure, uh, building blocks, but, uh, but you know, there, India has a lot of entrepreneurs, and there'll be people crazier than us who'll be prove who'll prove to be uh, you know very very prescient and very very valuable in the future. Mm. This I think this is a 
truly vital point. Give us two examples of crucial uh, infrastructural building blocks that you spoke about that we don't have that we need to really build. Yeah, I mean, it's it's operating systems, it's browsers, it's, it's app stores, it's key key high frequency use case apps uh, because apps generate data and there's this whole like digital uh, kind of uh, uh, flywheel when it comes to data. Uh, it's data centers, it's semiconductors. Um, uh, mm. uh, I'm talking about just tech, tech, tech domain. It's uh, kind of um, you know uh, database technologies. Um, uh, so um, uh, some of these are easier to solve, and some of these are harder uh, to solve. Maybe a utopian thing is uh, alliance of Indian entities coming together uh, to uh, to build. Uh, uh, build for India that might be utopian or uh, you know in, in some sectors like data centers or, or semiconductors where it's a capex kind of exercise um, uh, there are companies investing uh, in that and in some of the others where it's a critical mass exercise you know that's, that's for some things it's just a critical mass once you have a critical mass using your infrastructure then other players also start uh, start coming along so those are some of I don't have a solution for that. I mean, it's too, it's much beyond kind of what uh, what MapMedia would do. But what we believe as as MapMedia, what we can contribute uh, to this Atmanirbharta is a very critical kind of mapping, geospatial location, and IoT uh, kind of, or even in some cases, automotive tech uh, kind of uh, enterprise digital transformation tech building blocks so that in case we need to have an indigenous solution, which is desirable, frankly, uh, uh, at least we as a company uh, can support in that ways. But it's going to take a lot more than just us to make the country uh, 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 self-reliant and, and, and with a lot of soft power based on digital uh, assets. But uh, we want to do our part and we are down on that path of innovation. Excellent. Okay, a few uh, questions. Think of them as a rapid-fire session. Don't think too much about the answer. Uh, first one is uh, one habit, uh, first thing in the day, uh, that sets you up for the rest of the day. Yeah, walk in the morning. It's the most uh, kind of clarifying time and just you can you can just process subliminally. So walk in the morning. Mm. Mm. Okay, second question. Uh, one piece of uh, advice uh, that you probably didn't get early enough in your career. I, I think I've all I, I didn't get it from my career, but I had it kind of uh, inbuilt. Was you know be willing to explore, be curious, uh, be open minded. It's amazing how much kind of uh, h- how much you can learn by just putting yourself in different positions or just being open. Uh, and so I've always had that desire to think beyond or explore beyond, and it it always helps me in kind of what I'm trying to achieve in my own life all right uh one person uh, that you look up to yeah definitely my dad i mean see uh, there's so many people that uh, that one can look up to for various things but you know the person that i've learned the most from uh, is obviously my father all right uh, if you like reading uh, one book that you would recommend i mean the one book that uh, changed my uh, uh, two two books uh, nine, I was in class six, uh, uh, going for a computer quiz competition, and I read Bill Gates' The Road Ahead. I think it was a book that my parents had lying around in the house. Which reading then just kind of got you excited about computers and technology. He was a he is a visionary. Um, and uh, the second book which I read in first year of college, if I recall, was Atlas Shrugged. And so that told me the positive power of capitalism. I mean, it can be, of course, a, a, a term that can be used any anything technology or business can be used for for bad things or can be applied poorly. But for me, you know, technology, learning that at the age of, uh, you know, seeing my parents and seeing uh, uh, and, and then this business, the power of business to, you know, create good change. I, I think these are two books that I recommend. I mean. People will discover their own books, but those were two uh, amazing ones for me. Fair enough. I also happened to read Atlas Shrugged in college days, and it's probably the time when you're most uh, impressionable with such books. And anyway, uh, last question: uh, one city that you would love to live in? 
Goa. Uh, it's, okay. Yeah, I really hope Goa builds a great work ecosystem because just as a as a place to live, I have lived there. Uh, but of course, now I'm based in Delhi. But the time I spent mm. there with my wife and two young kids is is so precious. And uh, you know, if one can build a life work life there, the the non work life is is so relaxing and satisfying. All right, excellent. I I know you support a venture in Goa and literally get to talk about it. Uh, maybe if you want to spend a minute talking about that. No, it it was like it's something that. Uh, so if in an alternative universe, if I was not doing Mapmania, which is not the case, um, I had this idea for an app that could help people's infinite dreams come true. Because mm. I, I, I believe that everybody should dream uh, because that's what keeps us excited about the future. So the app was called Infi Dreams. It's still called Infi Dreams. And the idea is behind that is, you know, can it be the app that you use to kind of jot down your thoughts, you know, get clarity in mind to write your dreams because writing it makes that more uh, concrete and then kind of write the things that you think uh, are needed to, to be done so that the dream comes true uh, and, and then eventually maybe have discussions with people who can help you do things or achieve your dreams. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's something that while I was in Goa is something I... I spent a time. It's it's something social, something for the community. It has no business model, no venture model, but something that uh, even as just a just a framework of thinking. I think for somebody to dream, to write your diary, to to write what the to dos are and to discuss. I think that's a good way to kind of feel happy and get things done. And all right, excellent, uh, wonderful conversation, uh, Rohan. Thank you again for making time for this. Definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Thanks so much, Hari. I really appreciate uh, you talking with me. Okay, that was uh, Rohan Varma, our CEO and ED at Map My India. That's it for this week's Startup Fridays. Uh, wherever you are, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend ahead. <laughs>